Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Key Orion, the man who is obsessed with making out music and teaching you how to make your own. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. In today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Yo, I'm going to be totally honest with you. So if you've been following along um, with the pod, you realize that things are a little bit all over the place. So I kind of want to take it in a new direction. I talked about it a little bit last time and the time before that, but... I'm feeling inspired to talk about stuff more than just music. And so I want to talk about creativity and minimalism and travel and um, just all this fitness and all this sort of stuff that I'm into. And so I feel like as this pod, it kind of gives me the liberty to explore those different ideas, share some gems with you guys, share some reflections with y'all. And at the same time, just dig into just more important aspects to life um, for me, more than just making beats and stuff of like that. So each episode uh, right now in this kind of third season, fourth season of the pod, um, diving into kind of different topics that I find interesting. And uh, last one we dove into was on creativity. This one, I wanted to talk about minimalism. This is something that I think about a lot. I try to um, implement in my life a lot. And I encountered some questions that I thought would be fun to kind of dive into and tackle with you guys today. So if minimalism is something that you're curious at all about, this would be a goat. Um, this would be a goat. This would be a dope episode for you. If you don't know much about minimalism, there are different ways to kind of approach it in the different parts of your life you can approach it. Um, the one that I'm going to talk to you most about today is kind of like digital minimalism and material minimalism but you can also apply this in sort of like essentialist like essentialism type of ideas in terms of like what you focus on and 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 your your career and just life in general but this one's gonna be more kind of like material based so um and kind of digital minimalism based so if that sounds good buckle in and without further ado let's jump into it um so this first one is and again i'm going to try to get the names of y'all so i can shout you out and give you credit um, but sometimes I forget to snag the name and this is one of those, unfortunately. Um, the, the question is really long, but it boils down to being, um, the question is kind of pretty much, what are some things you absolutely can't go without in a house or a flat, um, in terms of, uh, minimalism, if you're building kind of a minimalist flat, minimalist condo, minimalist apartment, whatever, what, what can't. What do you have to have? What are the absolute essentials? And I think um, I've been actually talking to my parents a lot about this recently because my dad um, has a, so much. So at our house, I'm from upstate New York. Um, so I grew up and my dad, I'll go back and visit my dad. And he has a lot of these like small, like, like doodads around his workshop and little things and this sort of like this idea of unlike the off chance that I might, I should keep it, I should keep these like old pieces of scrap metal and the off chance that maybe someday I might use it. And so we'll have these conversations and for me, I prefer an approach that's a little bit more like, let me try to get rid of everything and then if I need it, then I can, then I'll buy it if I really need it. But instead of coming from a place of let me just try to have everything, maybe I'll need it. Let me try to get rid. Let me get start from zero, and then if I and then I I'll, I'll only get what I need. And so it's kind of the opposite approach. And at this point, kind of doing the digital nomad thing. One of the nice part about one of the nice parts about being a nomad is that you are one often limited by space. 
and they're really balling like that. But uh, a lot of nomads I know kind of rock carry on only, which I do too. So I don't check baggage anymore. And so I pretty much got what I can fit into my two backpacks. And so that's a really nice way to kind of say, okay, these are the only things you need. And then when I get to an apartment, whether it's Airbnb, also I apologize for any background noise. I'm in Columbia. It is loud out here. It's noisy. But um, I found that for me now kind of doing this a few times, getting a new place, a new apartment, whatever, that then I end up, I say, okay, what does my, what do I need in a flat or a kitchen? There are a couple things that I really, that I find I always end up buying. Simple things when it comes to like a kitchen, like a nice cutting board and a nice big knife. Like those are, this is like really kind, kind of sounds rudimentary, but if you like cooking, a lot of my cooking I find is like ends up in more like the prepping for cooking, like chopping. I do a lot of chopping. And so those two things are essential. And you can also use the cutting board as a serving tray. You can also eat off of it like a big plate, which I do a lot because I like to eat a lot. Um, those sorts of things. A big knife and a small paring knife also go really far. I like to use a small paring knife often for they're just really useful for all sorts of little things um and then a microwave i also find is super helpful one you can heat up leftovers of course two if you can spot it in the back here i'm not sure if you can but i use it a lot as a standing desk almost every place i rent if it's an airbnb or an apartment even if it doesn't if it's not super furnished like that it'll almost always have a microwave and then i can just pop that up on the table boom got a little standing desk to rock and roll um in terms of like frying pans all that sort of stuff it depends on what you want we could go overboard in, in this question much longer, but I find that like in terms of kitchen essentials, if I were you, think about like rather than that orange peeler that you'll need like once in a blue moon, think about like what are the things I find there are just a couple pieces for me that I just find I buy over and over and over again if I really need them. Um, and I think that that's the kind of a way to approach. If you're approaching minimalism from your apartment or from a house, um, boil it down to like, the, the things that you just find that you use a lot and then the kind of like one-off things that like maybe you need to skip it until like you really need it because you probably won't actually need it and if you do if you end up you don't you're somewhere and, and and you might need one of those little things you can often kind of like macgyver your way into finding a way to around it if you don't actually have it so that was what i say about your apartment is approach it and kind of just thinking about your apartment in kind of a different a different way if that's cool all right this one's by plastic engineer um, I'm a minimalist. Uh, my peers don't really understand the term. I'm young. I'm 16. Um, they, they don't understand my lifestyle. And sometimes they make me a little annoyed because they tell me I don't have enough clothes and that I'm poor. Do you have any suggestions on how to deal with these people? Yeah. So this is an interesting one. I think this is something I honestly struggle with a lot too. Not the, not the, my friends tell me I'm poor or whatever, but this idea of feeling different of having a different approach to life, of kind of having a different lifestyle that's not kind of your typical lifestyle and butting up against what's quote-unquote normal. I was talking to my parents about this the other day of just kind of feeling like an oddball and like sometimes having a hard time coming to grips with that. But the older I get, the more I just try to um, just double down on that. You know what I mean? And just saying like, dude, like even if it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm neurotic about my bedtime and about the minimalism thing, whatever, just saying the people, sometimes I lose track of it, that the people that really, like, really love me or really going to rock with me will accept those things. And so I think for you, being young, being 16, 17, however old you are, um, you've just got to find the folks that, that do understand. Rather than trying to convince people about what you're doing, um, if they're just making fun of you, you've got to realize it's something that you're doing for you and you got to 
embrace that and realize that not everybody's going to get it and that's okay, but that there are people that will understand and to find those people and surround yourself with more of those people because especially when it comes to something like a minimalism, like myself, I wear pretty much you know always the same shirts, same pants, blah, 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 super small wardrobe. But the people know that know me, like they just know I'm gonna either gonna be wearing black or white, and that's it. You know, it's a black shirt and black jeans, or a white shirt and black jeans. Like they just understand you, and they understand that there's more than trying to just. A lot of times, the people that I'm hanging out with aren't trying to be like fashionistas either. You know, like these are people that we often have more in common and um, understand. A lot of times, in this kind of like, if you're traveling around in these kind of circles, there are people that that have those same sort of values of. How do you how do you maximize and kind of minimize that wardrobe? Another piece on the wardrobe, um, I'll probably talk about later. I'll save it for another episode. Actually, hold that thought. I'll save that for another episode. I'm not going to give that gem away just yet. But surround yourself with people that understand you better. And if they don't, hopefully over time, they'll stop giving you a hard time. Um, okay, the next one. This one's by Easy Sleazy Beautiful. Interesting name. It says, hi, minimalist. I feel like I've always had too many shoes. I want to cut down to my collection. Um, excuse me. I'd love to hear about what you recommend. I'm willing to spend a little more for shoes that are quality and will last. So here's an interesting part about shoes. I have three pairs of shoes and you wrote, you need one gym pair of shoes. You need a pair of sandals. You need a dressy pair. You need rain boots. You need a plain pair. And also I know stereotyping, but I know women often want like more pairs of shoes. I think than men, not always if you're like a sneakerhead, but for me, actually lie. I have four, I have three pairs of shoes, one pair of sandals. I normally just travel with two pairs of shoes and it's the same pair of shoes, just two different colors. And they are the, what's the name of them? They're called feel grounds. I think they're a European company. I stumbled upon this pair of shoes when the company was just getting started. They're amazing. They're minimalist shoes. So they have a wide toe box. They have no, um, like squishy heel rise thing. So your foot's completely flat, wide toe box. So your toes, you have like a lot of room to spread out. You don't feel like you're like being crushed and they're super flexible and, and vegan and all the kind of hippy dippy stuff. But I love these shoes. I just feel like you there. It's called feel grounds for a reason. You feel like you are almost like sometimes walking around in like bare feet. Like you can, you just can like grip the ground better. Um, and so I have two pairs of this same pair of shoes. I have a black pair and a white pair. The white pair is just for looking fly. I just wear if those I'm going out on a date, going out with friends, whatever the black pair I wear if I'm going out, but I also wear those. Those also double as kind of like my gym pair because they're super easy to wash and so I can get those dirty. I also have this pair of sandals because I don't I don't like walking around when uh, it's rainy and like I don't like having like really wet – I don't mind wet feet in terms of like I, I like going out in sandals when it's rainy but I don't like having like wet shoes, wet socks. And these are – they're called – oh, man, I can't remember the name. I should post them up in the show notes but – um they're, they're cool. They're kind of in the same sort of like minimalist vibe. They're, they're called their barefoot sandals. Um, and I actually found I really like those. Here's the thing about the footwear when it comes to traveling. One thing that I would recommend to it when it comes to traveling is maybe travel. I've done this for a long time, except for recently is travel with like a really beat up crappy pair of shoes that you're cool to just have get torn up and covered in mud and just destroyed that you can like even leave there. A lot of times I'll have old pairs of Nikes from when I was younger. I'll send them for my brother or whatever. Shout out big bro. Um, and then I'll like go to the place with the intention of almost like leaving there. Or what you can do is once you're there, just you can always get like a cheap pair um, that then you can use for like going 
uh, hiking in mountains and travel around with that pair until you kind of wear through them and they get destroyed and then you get another one. So I don't worry about packing like all the crazy hiking boots, hiking shoes, rain boots, rain shoes type of stuff when I travel. It's more like on some minimalist tip, it's like if I need them, I'll get them there. And then normally you can use those for a little bit until you kind of wear them out and then you can always get a new pair and go from there. So in terms of minimalist um, like wardrobe stuff, I, I like the idea of again having like one or two pairs and a pair of sandals, keeping it light and then maybe getting a pair of kind of that you can just like absolutely destroy if you need to and just do whatever you need to in that you're just more willing to kind of like let go. So the, the, the field grounds are expensive joints, like they're nice shoes. Um, and so I think that's good to have, you know, some shoes that are, that are nice, you feel good in that you like, and then some others that you can, you're a little bit more willing to just kind of like whatever happens, happens to them. You don't feel quite so emotionally connected to them and it's not a hot, like a big financial investment either. Um, moving right along. This one is by devastator 1981. I like that. Um, Bag versus sling versus pouch versus bagless when you're out and about. So it says, depending on the season, blah, blah, blah. Do you put stuff in your pockets? So here's one, Devastator. I I really liked though, like those messenger bags. Those like cool stylish messenger bags for a long time that I felt like I could put a lot of stuff in. Like diff- like I, I would always have like a backup charger and like a like I would have, because it's me, I'd have like dental floss and a USB drive and all these small things that if you if you have a purse or some sort of a pouch, you don't even realize you end, you end up accumulating a lot of stupid stuff in the in your pouch. Pause. And I but I would also find after a while that if I'm going to be placed like here in Medellin or Mexico City or someplace, I might not want to just tell everybody where all my valuables are. And so being like, here are here's my my keys on my credit cards and money right here on my chest. Like. I'd rather instead now I travel and I just use pretty much it's a it's a money belt. It's like something it's not actually a money belt, it's more for like exercise. It's like a running belt for keys and whatever. I just use it as, as a money belt, but it pretty much only fits my credit cards, um money, chapstick, keys. And what's again, speaking about this stuff before, I with the it's the same concept applied to a different idea. So I would walk around with the pouch, but the same thing that I was talking about before with my dad, where he would have everything in case he needed it. And that's how I felt. That's how I feel when I have a bag. I feel like I need to have like backup cash and a charger and extra headphones and floss and tissues and all these other things. That's like in case maybe you need it. Instead, now with the little belt, it's it's pretty much super low key. You can't even see it. I fit it under my t-shirt, so it doesn't even look like I have anything there. And then it's like if you need any of those things, then I figure out how to get by, and you don't even realize that. Most of the time, a lot of those like small backups, like in case things, like you don't actually end up needing or ever using. So that's what I recommend. It looks a lot less cool than like those cool like stylish kind of joints, but um, you know, for me, I, everything is fashion. So that's uh, probably uh, right in character for me. Um, boom. Okay, this one's by Unlucky Show. Is having I liked this question. This is cool. Is having books wasteful? The last two years I've been buying books and putting them on my shelf. Um, I could probably just get a Kindle or listen to them on Audible. I also like the aesthetic. I'm not sure if this is just wasteful. Here's the thing. When it comes to books, this is, I think, a really interesting idea because I think, excuse me, I think this one really depends on who you are and how much you like to read. 
because I know a lot of people that have a lot of books on the shelf that they've never read. It's purely aesthetic. It's you, you have them because you're almost like, it's like the, the, you like the idea of the people who le- like those type of books. And so you want the association. You want like those cool points by association. It's like, cause you have this on the shelf, you're like this type of person. So when people see it, they're like, oh, they must be blah, blah, blah. Compared to like people who actually just love reading books. I actually love just the actual reading of a physical book more than a Kindle, but because of traveling and everything, the Kindle is just so much easier for me. That said, some people like just that tactile feeling of a book as well as some people, and I really do believe this, that like you can read a lot of books, but for me, it's more about, it's 80-20 like everything else. There are a few books that I've actually read that have impacted my life incredibly that I like to come back to. And that's where I think having actual books can be cool. It's like having a real book that's on your shelf, that's dog-eared, that you come back and you read from every day. And you do that like once a year, you read a book. They're like the same book or something like that. In terms of, in that regard, I think it's dope if you have, if you do keep some books. um, And there are also some books that just have meaning and kind of that nostalgic feeling if someone's written them to you or gifted it to you or whatever, that's more than it being just a book. um, That I don't think you get from something like a Kindle, obviously. But um, I, I think more often than not, I just see a lot of people with books on the shelf they've never read more because they like the, like the, the connotation that it gives them. So I think about that um, as well as do you need it or could you just rent it from the library? That's something I really miss traveling is being able to rent stuff from the library. That's the little things, right? One of those things that like growing up, I, was, I think I just took it for granted that now as a grown man and being just in other places, I'm like, man, I miss having the library. That's when you know you're old. Okay. Um, this one's toast toasted. This one's posted by plastic engine plastic engine. You say, how do you spend time on your phone and how to keep your phone to a minimum? This was posted in digital minimalism. Um, I like this question a lot because I get in a lot of trouble for how I use my phone because I'm not super responsive to people over text. And I'm also when I'm when I'm with somebody, I like to just be there and with them and engaged and just have the phone like not even around. So I'm really late to respond to texts. They're often very I, I don't write a lot over text, um, all that sort of stuff. But I've found that for me, it does wonders for my brain. I don't follow anybody on social. It does it does wonders for my brain to just like have have my phone use in particular, my dig, my digital, my social media app use be intentional. I have nothing against social media, but for me, rather than the kind of supercomputer inside it, like controlling me, I'd rather just be curious and say, what's Drake up to today? Let me go search it out. What, where did Aziz Ansari go to college? Let me, you know, stalk his Instagram and go look at his Wikipedia. Like I liked, I'd rather just have the random thought myself and then go check it out rather than just like scrolling endlessly through a feed. And one way that I've accomplished this too is with notifications. I've turned off almost all the notifications on my phone so that way, again, I check it when I wanna check it and then I'll see the messages rather than anything being pushed to me. It's always on silent um, and that way. I also think the same, it's so interesting, like with phone calls. I remember being at my mom and dad's and they have a landline still and it's fascinating how many people call the house still, call the landline and 
it's it's interesting to think about calls and how they're they, they're so interruptive to your day because that person saying, "Hey, I want to talk to you right now." They don't know what you're doing or what you're up to. And that those kind of like breaks in concentration, breaks in focus, I think are really what cost you a lot of productivity um, time. And so for me, I'm like, I'll get back to you when it's convenient for me because right now I'm just doing my own thing. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be somebody. You feel me? So I got a lot to do with stuff that I'm trying to work on. And so for me, that's been a big one is just going on airplane mode. If I'm making music, I go on airplane mode. If I'm going to be doing something, I'm just airplane mode pretty much from nine to 12 every day. And then I'll open my phone. I'll eat some lunch. Maybe I'll hit people back. If anybody texted me, I'll go airplane mode again for another work session and then pop back out um, in the evening. And I found that that for me has really helped is having designated set hours that the phone, I even just put it, I hide it for myself because I don't even want to see it and then think about it and want to check it. I just completely put it out of my sight out of mind, airplane mode. I'll get to it when I get to it. And that's how I handle it. Um, next one is, this one I thought was really interesting. This one's by Turtles Myrtles. What a name. Turtles Myrtles, losing interest in things. I mean, nose first into minimalism and it's the best thing I've ever pursued. Has anyone ever experienced not wanting to watch anything at all? It feels as if nothing on TV interests me anymore. What do you do? Turtles, murals. Great question. What's fascinating is I honestly feel the same way. I've, I've stopped watching TV. It's, I'm not sure why, but just like a lot of TV just like doesn't interest me anymore. It, 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 you, I used to love watching TV, but um, there's, th this is when you know you're old, man. I even hate to say this, but this is when it's like I'd rather just like spend that time in the evening reading now and – I don't know. Something I've just really rekindled a love for reading after college and high school made me hate it. Um, but there, I'm not against watching TV. I I love the idea of 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 these different worlds that people create and all that sort of stuff. It's just for some reason it doesn't hold me like it used to. I'm still to this day fascinated by um, like interviews with people. So I watch and and like on podcasts. So it's not like I'm just like over here in like a Zen mode. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts, also watch a lot of podcasts, but they're mostly interviews. Like that, I think, I think the question here is, it's still important to have that time to relax, to unwind, to do what you want to do, but to spend it how you want to and not just kind of like just mindlessly flick something on because you're, you feel discomfort and you want to escape. But instead, like having this time, that's like your time in the evening or whatever it is. And it's like, you get to do what you want to do. If you want to watch TV, cool. You want to read, cool. You want to journal, cool. Whatever it is, like, but it's your time and you use it intentionally for you rather than almost like the medium using you, which I think happens more often than not, is we end up in just our default downtime rather than being bored. We're like, oh, let me just watch something rather than just being like, let me kind of sit in this moment or use this moment maybe for something else rather than our just default being in like a consume like a consuming media mindset that's not a great point maybe that's something i need to flesh out a little bit more but the point is i'm not against tv it doesn't really do it for me anymore either but um i do think it's important to have that time for yourself that you get to just kind of put your brain somewhere other than Stress, work, life, whatever. This one is by, ooh, 
this one though. This one though. I like this one. This one's by 95 username. Minimalism in relationships. This is a joint. What are your thoughts on minimalism in relationships and how to go about letting go of those that don't bring positivity or growth? 95 username. This is a key to life, my friend. Just the other day, I was listening to a podcast on the people, on high achievers and how those, the difference between those that accomplish their goals and those that don't and the importance of community and in particular, the close people that you surround yourself with and how big of an impact that has on you. And so I really think this one is huge in terms of minimalism and relationships and I've taken this very seriously in the last few years, realizing people that started to take my energy and whenever we would talk or whatever, it would, I just, you know those people. It feels like some people, excuse me, they take your energy. Some people, they give you their energy. They give you energy or they inspire you. They make you feel good. They, you, you feel like you are a better version of yourself with them compared to the people that you find are often, it's just kind of like always complaining or talking shit about other people. That I've just been more mindful of is just like one, trying to, um, really be conscious of the people that I do keep in like my circle, my close circle, those that I put, that I spend time wanting to catch up with or stay in contact with. Um, and also intentionally kind of letting go some t loose ties that I was like, oh, is this just like a pity party? Every time we talk, it just feels like we're always just complaining. And then I feel like I kind of get sucked into that too, rather than someone who, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call and I'll leave and feeling like, okay. And I'm not against Sometimes you want to vent, right? I've been, I've been having kind of a, I'm in a weird place kind of lately in my life. There are some homies I'm calling like, dude, I just kind of want to vent. Not against that. Like some, I, I really appreciate when people are kind of open to those, those kind of emotional peaks and valleys of your life. Totally cool with. There is a difference though, I think, when people kind of have, it's always this kind of like Debbie Downer kind of mindset, um, that I have been conscious of, more more aware of. And sometimes you gotta check people and say, hey, listen, I don't really wanna talk about this anymore. This sort of thing, if you really want to maintain that relationship or you kinda let it fade. But um, this one is really huge. Minimalism in relationships, really finding the people that do it for you, keeping those people close, and then also putting, giving the time to those people, making the time for those people because Life is kind of a lonely journey and um, relationships take work and effort, you know, and it's not just something that just happens. Like you got to be intentional about that. So, yeah. And last one and then I'll get you out of here. I'm going to try to keep these like 30 minutes if I can. This one's by Princess Pluto. I'm interested in the minimalist lifestyle and the simplicity that comes with it. I've been trying to incorporate it into my life. However, I'm extremely materialistic. Okay, good to know. You do have princess in the name. Let's be real. Uh, I know I'll regret buying this later, I always tell myself, but I'm constantly torn, torn between wanting everything shiny and new that I see and wanting nothing at all. Before the minimalist lifestyle, anyone struggled with materialism? And if so, how did you overcome it? My mind is always on what should I buy next? Princess Pluto, I think we got some work to do, dude. I think we got some work to do, dude. I think we, yep, I think we got some work to do. I think a lot of times, if it's like this sort of 
mindless buying, I think it's often because we like that there's something going on. There's something else going on here, right? If you think about a psychology perspective, like something we're tr- we're numbing something here, and so I think if you, I'm into spending, I'm I'm really into spending money on things that make you happy, that you love, that you're passionate about, that can really amplify your life. In to steal Ramit set these ideas it's called the money dial. So whether this is travel or experience, it could or it could be material things too. But being intentional about it, like man, there's this Prada bag that I've always wanted, and like saving up and buying that bag, and it like it's like a big thing, whatever. Rather than just being like, I've got some money, how about I go spend it? Which is, I think, a completely different idea. Um, and when it comes to switching to to minimalism, for me, it was more a process of the, the, the nomad thing helped a lot. But even before that, it's because I realized I hated moving. The pain of moving was enough for me to say, I need to go minimalist because every time I would move and I would have all these things that were all, I can remember every time, every, I can remember every single day I've moved when, when I was living in the States, almost. And it's always a pain in the butt. And so I remembered if I have less, I don't have to move as much, keep it simple. Um, and then the nomad thing really kind of forced my hand. And so I think have some sort of like a forcing function like that can be really helpful in terms of like for me, it was the nomad thing, but it doesn't have to be if you aren't doing the nomad joint, but, um, really the thinking about why, maybe looking at your patterns of what you're buying, what you're inclined to buy, why you're buying it. And if you, if there's some exercises that you can do to help you kind of, I think, dial in what it is that you really want and need like some people have about like like a piece of like it's a, a clothing thing it's like if, if you don't wear it for like 60 days like you give it away or something like that or they're just these exercises you should google and they're really cool and you end up realizing that there are so many things that we have that we'd never actually use and once you get rid of them you don't actually realize that they're gone you never actually miss them and I think that that's the key is we always get worried about like, what about when I'll need this? And then you realize you actually never did need it. And if, again, if you need it, you can always maybe go get it again. But um, I think the transition is hard, especially thinking about in terms of like clothing and wearing a lot of the same stuff over and over. But for me, when I think about the the, the payback that I get in terms of like creativity and ideas around not having to think about what I'm going to be wearing, often not think about what I'm going to be eating, often not think about like some sort of a schedule or if I'm doing this or that. It's all kind of just like these rules that I kind of have, these structures that I have in place for myself that I find really allow me then to be creative, to kind of push boundaries, to experiment because I thrive in those structures because those are things I don't have to think about anymore. That's kind of like mental bandwidth and choices that I don't even have to... It's If you think of all the choices that you have to make on a day-to-day... And how many of those that you can actually strip away if you just put some simple structures in place around what you're wearing, what your day looks like, what you're doing, et cetera. Um, that sounds boring. People are like, oh, I want to be spontaneous. You can still have that flexibility. I'm not saying don't. But um, you realize you get a lot of mental bandwidth back. It's like, I remember when I cut my hair and I had a man bun and then I cut it. And it's, I don't even think about, I think about my hair one time a week. And it's when I'm about to cut my hair on Sundays compared to when I had a man bun 
And no matter, every time I was wearing a hat, if I had to put on a helmet, if it was raining, if I was wearing a hood, it was if I, if, you know, it's all these, if I was going to play a sport, it's like all that thought about how is my hair look, what should I do with my hair, you just don't have anymore. And it's like you get all that space back to put towards some other stuff that you want to do. So that's just kind of how I approach it is maybe creating some structures in your life for yourself. So some kind of forcing functions to either kind of um, limit that spending or really to be at least mindful and recording more around the spending. So you can kind of start to see your own behaviors and then maybe tap into that might be helpful. So that's my first episode on minimalism, y'all. I'm excited about this. I feel good about it. I like talking about this sort of stuff. If you have any minimalism questions, feel free to shoot them my way. Um, and I'm excited to kind of jump more into these kind of like different topics just around life and business and love and relationships and work and creativity and everything under the sun that I'm into because there's not a whole ton that I'm into, but what I'm into, I'm into heavy. You feel me? So that's that. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you've got any questions, fire my way at Kia Orion everywhere on the internet. You can find me. I'll check you in a minute. Thanks again. Peace.